Welcome back to Entry Level. Hi, I'm Lexi. And I'm Victoria. Um, welcome if it's your first time. Welcome back if it's not. Um, Lexi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Hopped off the plane at DFW a few hours ago. I was in Milwaukee this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, celebrating St. Patrick's Day early, like a true Midwesterner. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Saw some family. Was a bit chilly, but you know, the alcohol blanket keeps you warm regardless. So I'm still kind of coming down from that. But what about you? Um, Lexi also forgot to say that she ran out of gas on her way here. So <laughs> I chose to leave that out. Um, it was humbling. I was on a busy street. We had to pull into a bar. I had to walk across the highway to get gas, um, put it in the car. Neither know where I knew what to do. And a man that was at the bar said, I'm tired of watching guys struggle to do this. Let me tell you how it's done. And I was like, you could have done that 30 minutes ago. Um, but I'm now stronger and wiser than I was before. That's kind of crazy because you're not the first friend that's happened to for me. Um, I thought about Darian. Yeah, no, I rescued Darian. That's why I was like, do you need me to help you? But I don't have any of the stuff. Like, Darian already had all that stuff. So I just went to his apartment and got it. So if he needed help, I wouldn't have been able to help you. I would have just been standing there. Um, That's why I was like, no, I think we'll figure it out. Because I didn't didn't know how I needed to be helped. Yeah, I also was like, you have somebody. So I wasn't like going out of my way to be like, get down there. And I was like, if you need me, I'm around the corner. But like, if not, then... I'm sitting here. Um, uh, to answer your question, same old, same old. Weekend was fine. Excited for this upcoming weekend. I'm manifesting a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. that Victoria will meet a guy. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't be Irish. For context, I probably should have mentioned <laughs> what I was talking about. Dallas is having its St. Patrick's Day block party this weekend. Also ahead of St. Patrick's Day, a week yeah. early. Um, but hosting little get together and then we're all going to go out so hopefully we don't get too rowdy but I'm trying to have I'm trying to have a good time I feel like I haven't been properly out in a while so. yeah and I'm excited it's been so warm yeah now too. you weren't here on Saturday but it was actually really nice I went to White Rock yeah also as I'm sitting in the studio aka Victoria's closet I feel like you have a lot of green yeah I know I, I, like, I was like, like yeah I was like outfit I literally yeah. was talking to myself um over the weekend when I was planning stuff and I was like you don't need to buy any clothes I was like you have plenty to <laughs> wear the the I said I have plenty of things that I can wear plenty of hats yeah. plenty of hoodies if I want to dress it up dress it down I have, I have plenty yeah so fun anyways um moving into our intro we have a fun episode today um my intro I can't buy I could not think of anything as fun as last week's episode because, like, that was literally going to be my intro. Like, I was telling you that when we recorded last yeah, week. I was like, I don't think I understand. Like, we don't talk about these anymore. We did not talk. Like, did and not so talk when she them. brought them up, like, every category, I was literally like, that was what I had for <laughs> mine. Um, also, update. Did you see that Octopus Lover 8 reached a million followers on TikTok? Yes. I yeah. did see that. And Amira has to have a million now. Also update, um, Shake Shack does have a drive-thru in some locations. We went back and forth about that last week, but yeah. lo and behold, in little old suburb of Milwaukee, Brookfield, yesterday, we drove past it and I took a photo and I said, I've never seen this before in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Shake Shack, I guess, is fast food. I guess, but I feel like the majority of them are not. So like, I feel like as I'm a brand, it's casual dining. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I'm wondering that because like my cousin was like, I've literally never seen one without a drive through. Yeah. And I was like, I guess. So I don't know. That's interesting. Um, so yeah, mine is more on brand with the theme of the episode. I wanted to do something like fun and quirky, but I literally could not think of anything while I tried. Um, so it's just going to easily lead into today's episode. But mine is um, still not on theme for what our like themes of intros are um but kind of is i did this or that okay um when i was looking through the templates it wasn't in the template so i was like that's not something that we typically do really yeah it's bop or flop but like i couldn't think of any bop or flops for this so i was just like it's gonna be this or that anyways this or that corporate edition if you read the title already we're doing we're talking all things corporate today um we know that it's what it's interview season kind of I feel like, yeah, or like people are probably thinking about yeah, jobs if or you're maybe still switching jobs. Um, and so we are talking about the topic of that. So my intro leads into that. So this or that corporate edition. First things first, we have working in office or working from home. Uh, 
I feel like I feel like this is not as easy for me as I thought it would be. Yeah, I was going to do hybrid or work from home, but like, eh. Yeah, I will have to say the first year that I solely worked from home, I was miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, I was like, I don't know anybody. Like, it is just me sitting in this apartment. I lived by myself. So I'm like, it's just me and this laptop staring at each other all day, every day. Um, But also the thought of having to go in the office five days a week now makes me feel uneasy in the stomach as well. So it's like... Yeah, but I guess if I had to pick, I would pick remote just because there's so much freedom. Yeah. That comes in that in terms of like you're not necessarily always tied down geographically. Like you can really take a break when you want to take a break. I feel like in the office, it's so easy to get distracted sometimes too, mm-hmm. just being around people. And you might think you're on your way downstairs to go to lunch, but then you run into six people on the way and mm-hmm. now you're talking and you're catching up. And then next thing you know, your lunch is over and it's time for your next meeting. And things just aren't as convenient in the office, like, as they are at home. I don't know, but I do appreciate, like, the camaraderie from being in the office, just not five days a week. Yeah, I, like, I pretty much have the same answer. I work from home 100% (laughs) of the time. We'll say, what, 98, because I go up to the office a couple couple times every few months. Yeah. Um, Whenever I'm always in the office, though, for the past two to three times that I've been up there, it's very much so been a trip, so, like, I've gotten away with not doing work because everyone wants to see me and have a meeting with me and get lunch with me and go get a coffee. And I truly feel like the most popular person ever. (laughs) Um, But this past time that I went, I, one, didn't tell anybody. And two, I was really trying to like make it seem like I was there for work. And so that was the first time that I really was like, I was there multiple days in a row. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I just flew in. Like, I'm going to leave early. I'm so tired. Like, I was going in at nine and leaving at six. And I will say it's, like, very different. One, because on some days you just don't have anything to do. I had one day where I just literally had nothing to do. And I was like, I'm looking busy. Yeah. The other day, literally, like, either the day before or the day after, I have so much to do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I keep getting distracted because some people don't have anything to do. So they're just chit-chatting, distracting me. Yeah. Then there's lunch coming in, getting catered, and I'm like, well, I want to go eat lunch, but then I have meetings, and then it's just, like, it's a lot. It's very overwhelming. As someone who has um, adult onset ADHD, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was like, oh my gosh, like, no wonder I work in silence most of the time, or, like, with one headphone in, or listening to a podcast, like, all the different conversations going on. I didn't take my medicine, so, like, I really was just, like, very distracted. So, like, but on the flip side of that, like, like Lexi said, working fully remote is like very isolating. <laughs> and like sometimes it's really lonely. Um, like similar to Lexi, my first year of working remotely, like I absolutely hated it. I was like, I don't have any friends. I don't have anyone that I can just ping and ask a question. I always mm-hmm. feel like it's such a big deal for me to ask a simple question because I have to like find time on a calendar or like yeah. set up a huddle or call them on their phone. And it just feels like I'm bothering them versus like in the office, I'd be able to turn write to them and ask and it wouldn't be a big deal um gotten over that since I've gotten older um but now that I'm older in my position longer and truly don't care anymore I will still stay with remote as much as I have as much fun as I have being in the office I love the flexibility of being remote like I work at a coffee shop I go for a walk in the middle of the day I go get lunch really quick or like I'll take my laptop to lunch with me if mm-hmm. I have no meetings that day and it's like not a big deal um whereas like if I was supposed to be in the office every single day which luckily we don't have to be um it just wouldn't be as easy and like I I wouldn't be it wouldn't be as easy to like make appointments to having car issues for a little bit like literally it's just easy to be like I'm gonna do this in the middle of the day I have like this amount of time yeah and it's like not a big deal so I'll stick with work from home even though it's getting scarcer and scarcer to find a job that is fully remote yeah um I know that I have like a diamond in the rough with that situation um next (laughs) honestly like I don't have an answer for this I just was thinking of corporate stuff okay I put Roth IRA or 401k Hmm. Hmm. good one let me ponder (laughs) on that a bit um (laughs) I vote (laughs) now this is a very uh like ignorant I guess response because it's like please don't ask me any follow up questions. Um, I guess four hundred one k because at least for me right now, that's automatic. Mm. My Roth IRA is not. 
you could make it right but it's <laughs> as of right now today it's not so it's like i've had my roth ira open for over a year i think i've deposited money in it once i only have like fifteen hundred dollars in my roth ira mine is 750 and that's so close. about 50 percent yeah <laughs> um but my 401k like that I chose to have that come out automatically mm-hmm. each paycheck. So we also have a budgeting esque like money type episode. It's not a good. Episode. It's not like it's not budgeting. It was us being very real about like we don't really know what's going on, but like yeah. this is what we know as of right now. Um, but my four hundred one k is like matched pretty well by my company, so that's mm-hmm. another thing too because I get more free money from that than I do from my Roth IRA yeah. because I don't one I don't put my own money in, and then two when it's in there I don't properly invest. Um, also. 401ks can like roll over to different companies right mm-hmm. yeah i think that's nice to like have someone else take care of it whereas well, you know no, like you still have to roll it over yeah but like your Roth IRA, that's not tied to work at all is it no it's just you okay yeah i like the thought of like my employer doing more work so yeah um, that's also my answer mostly because of the match and because it's like pre-tax money so mm-hmm. like i don't see it getting taken out of my paycheck um I also do like 10% of my paycheck because like I just, yeah, I'm like, if I don't think about it now, it's not going to affect me mm-hmm. later when I change it. So I was like, I started off like very first paycheck. I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to do the max amount. I don't think that's the max, but like it was the max, like that fidelity like offered when it was options, unless you like type in what amount you want. I, I was going to say, I think 10% is on the higher end. Oh no, it definitely sure, is. Yeah. And I was like, like I'd rather like that's a good amount of money. For me, like I'd rather do ten percent now than have yeah. to like increase it when I'm older. Cause I know my parents were talking about the fact that like they didn't start saving in their four oh one K until they got to like their thirties or something. Yeah. And they wish they would have started when they were younger. And then also I was lucky because like whenever I started my job, that's when all those like money like talk TikToks mm-hmm. were coming out mm-hmm. and they were like if you start saving at 18, by the time you get to 50-something, like, you'll be a millionaire. Yeah. So, like, I was, like, that was in the back of my head. So, I was, like, I'm just going to. easy enough. Yeah, I was, like, if I don't see the money to begin with, like, yeah. now, especially now, like, just starting my job, then I don't think it'll, it'll make a difference. If anything, I'll just change it whenever I get older Yeah. to be, like, sh- smaller. But for right now, I have no responsibilities. So, like, well, no dependence yeah as as external <laughs> yeah like no like husband kids whatever else so like no pet yeah so like <laughs> that's where my money goes and my employer does like a pretty decent match too i think they did like 12 percent last year i was gonna say yeah i think that's like very high from my understanding of the industry it is um because i think even at work mine is like six or seven percent that they mm-hmm. match we also do like employee shareholder stuff so like they match yeah, stocks that that. in the company like you know th- stuff like that will even out um but i don't know if you're listening and you hear like oh my god 10 percent of my paycheck like i still think that's a good bit of money it so is but like from my Again, perspective yeah i think if you do it starting from your very first paycheck you really don't notice because yeah you don't know what you could have essentially exactly. <laughs> because since, since i don't know what i'm missing like i really it doesn't bother me like if anything i'm just like you need to learn how to work with what you got yeah. like and so that's why i was like it's it's been what up to two years now of yeah. getting 10 percent taken out so i'm like I don't really care. Whereas, like, if I were in your situation (laughs) and I haven't been getting 10% taken out, and now I would have, like, that's a hit. But now I don't care. I'm at 7% right now. Yeah, not much of a difference. Okay, next one. I think it needs, like, an explanation, but, like, because I wrote email or meeting, but that's not what I meant. Okay. Let's say you get asked to do something. Mm -hmm. Would you rather talk it through via email or in a meeting? In a meeting. Okay. Like, I. I feel like I'm a person that tends to have a lot of questions. Yeah. And I have a lot of follow-up questions. And so there have been times, and, like, I'm so quick to put a meeting on my manager's calendar. Like, anytime I get some email, um, you know, talking about, like, a task or... And granted, I meet with my manager regularly, so I think it's pretty rare that I get instructions for something via email. Um, But when I do, like, I'm always so quick. Even if it's, like, 10, 15 minutes, like, Mm -hmm. I'll just find something on her calendar because so many times I'll ask a question and then she gives me an answer and then I'll have a question based upon her answer. Mm-hmm. And usually I'm able to knock a lot of those things out within that 10-minute meeting versus, okay, she sent an email. Okay, I sent an email. Oh, wait, okay, I can see now that she's in a meeting. I probably won't hear from her for another 30 minutes. Yeah. And then it just, like, continues and it goes on and on. But, like, the deadline is not moving. Correct. Um, so I find that I can just get a lot of things knocked out quicker that way. But I feel like that's also my personal life, like mm-hmm. FaceTime or text yeah. you know, type of thing. Like, I'd rather just 
I just think it's so much easier a lot of times to talk things out face to face. Um, do I always want that? No, because sometimes I'm in the bed and my bonnet's on <laughs> and I'm not really prepared to be on a call. Um, but I'll clean it up real quick just because I don't know. I think it tends it can be annoying, but I think it tends to be like the easiest. For I me. agree. Um, I literally only brought this up because Lexi knows I had this literal debacle with one of my accounts yeah. a couple of weeks ago where I was getting really frustrated because I got asked to do something over a meeting. And granted, it was kind of my fault because I didn't ask enough questions, but then... I feel like sometimes you don't know all the questions. Exactly. Right like, which, you don't have time to think about it. And like, I'm not going to get into the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, um, you're right. Because I'm a to watch myself. <laughs> but essentially, yeah, I like just didn't ask enough questions. And I assumed that if something needed to be addressed, they would address it via email. And even when it got addressed via email, it was still way too vague. And yeah. I was like, you're not answering what I'm asking you. I'm not doing what you're asking me to do. There is just like a lot of miscommunication. So now I've turned into a, that's the issue though, because I'm also like a very much so in writing person. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want it to be like he said, she said, even though the correct thing that you're supposed to do in that situation is be like, send an email or a message say, afterwards. I and be love like, a follow-up email. No, we just connected via like phone, blah, blah, blah. Just so you know, I'm doing X, Y, Z. That's what you're supposed to do. Sometimes when you're a time crutch, you don't have time to do that. Um, but no, now I'm a meeting girl and I'm like, I'm going to ask you every single question under the sun in the next 15 minutes that I have you. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure I hit every single thing because I don't want you coming back to me having an attitude that it's not the way that you want it to be. Um, that was a little too personal, but <laughs> definitely meeting for me. Okay, next one. On your commute, would you rather listen to a podcast or a playlist? Um, I don't know. I think a playlist. Okay. To be honest, which also that's interesting that this is brought up because I don't remember the last time I made a playlist. Mm. Like it's been a very long time since I've sat down and like dedicated time to do that, which I used to think was so fun. Yeah. Like same. picking the songs, picking like the cover art and like, hmm, like what are you going to title it? Cause on you Spotify, don't have the time now. Public playlist. I could have the time. I just don't really, I don't know. I don't care to as much anymore. I think I rely a lot on Spotify's like daily mixes. My daily mixes are so trash. Some of them are really random, but some of them hit. Granted, it is my fault why my, my diseases are trash. Like, it's because I just have random urges to listen to certain music. Yeah. And so it really influences, like, like I think my Daily Mix 5 is literally, like, Hannah Montana, Jonas Brothers. Like, I have one that's like that. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, I feel like listening in One Direction today. That turns into a whole mix. And I'm like, yeah. this is not the indie pop girl that used to have yeah. the curated aesthetic playlist that I used to whenever I was 14, 15, 16. Um, I feel like I used to be a playlist person. Granted, I also don't have a commute. Um, when I did have a commute for about four days when I was in New York walking to the office or on the subway, um, I was a, I think I alternated. So on my way back from the office, when I walked, I listened to Rihanna hits, mm. greatest hits. Um, and that went by quite fast. There was a lot going on because everyone was leaving yeah. their offices at that time. So I feel like it was really pushing me through to be like, you're fine. You're getting yeah, yeah, through. Yeah. Um, because also I think listening to people talking at that time would have been good for me. Like it would have just added to my anxiety and stress of trying to get home. But on the way to the office, when I walked, um, I listened to a podcast and it was morning and the sun was out and honestly, it was really nice. I was like, I feel like I'm talking to somebody, even though I was saying absolutely nothing. So I think I'm a podcast girly because it made the walk go by a lot faster. Yeah. Um, I listened to the toast. If anyone was wondering, um, and I'm not a recent Toast listener, okay? Some of y'all are, like, really fake listeners. Um, but I've been listening to them since 2019. Um, and so I was listening to them on the way there, listened to us on the way back. Um, I feel like it just makes things go by a lot faster. But I, yeah. I would say podcast early. So I listen to podcasts during the work day, mm. for sure. But I think I use, I drive to and from work. Um, like, I use that time to, like, hype me up and, like, okay, like, mm. get me in a good mood, like, set the tone, like, you know, like, I... I use that as more as a hype playlist to, like, get myself ready to go into the office and, like, face the day. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, yeah. Um, and then last one. <laughs> Are you a 5 to 9 a.m. girly or 5 to 9 p.m. girly? Oh, 5 to 9 a.m. Yeah. 100%. Um, if you, like, happen to come across my TikTok or anything like that, sometimes <laughs> I'll do, like, my 5 to 9 before the 9 to 5, which, granted, I feel like the past few weeks, like, my days truly have started at five like that's when my alarm goes mm. off um but then you know i'll go to my workout and then i'll go home shower 
get ready on days I'm commuting, obviously like get dressed, commute on days that I work from home. I'll like run errands in the morning. Not too many because a lot of places open at eight. Uh Um, But you know, like quick Trader Joe's run or something like that. Um, But also my, I do not have a nighttime routine. Yeah, like no, I'm so I try, sluggish. I don't try so hard, but like in my head, I really want to. But I'm like, I get off and I'm in the bed. No, literally. And I think it's like in the, at the beginning of the day, it's easier because like I don't have an excuse. Like nothing has affected my day yet because I just woke up. Um, but like maybe sometimes I'll stay at the office late, so then I don't get home till like six fifteen. Not mostly just because traffic. Mm-hmm. Like my commute that's twenty five minutes in the morning can easily be forty five minutes plus at night. And then it's like, oh, I'm tired. And then it's like, well, yeah. now what am I going to eat for dinner? And then it's like, sure, if I had a nighttime routine, maybe I would do the dishes or do something like that. But like, I'm not doing that. Like, I just had a whole day. Yeah. Um, so I ended up just laying down. And then I even have to like fight myself to get up and like do my nighttime skincare because I'd be slacking. I'd be skipping my nighttime yeah. skincare all the time. Um, so my 5 to 9 p.m. does not exist. Correct. Same. It is just me existing within those hours, but nothing is happening. Yeah. I would echo that i'm very much so a 4 30 get in the bed <laughs> until five and then sometimes on a good day i finish work at five and then i just get on my phone literally until it's time to go to bed literally i might get up to go get food that's literally it i don't even get to the point where i'm like i'm gonna watch something on tv my tv has been off for like three weeks <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I think I turned it on this weekend for the first time and I was yeah. like, oh, I guess I'll because like that's what I, I've been trying to watch the Formula One show. And I was like, I wanted time to like sit down and binge it, which I had this weekend and I just never got around yeah. to because I didn't feel like it. And I did it last night. Like I watched like two episodes and I was like, this is so weird. My TV's on, but I feel like I should be on my phone. Yeah. And then I like I wasn't paying attention. Um, but no, I have no nighttime routine. I try. I like I want to be a nighttime routine early, but like if I'm already in the bed by five, like... I also, yeah, I feel like if I have a 5 a.m. start time, like, maybe if I didn't have a morning routine, my nighttime routine would be great, but, like, I don't feel the need to be hyper-productive 5 to 9 and then 9 to 5 and then 5 to 9 again. Agreed. Like, that's, it's not for me. But, yeah, that was it. Woohoo! That was good. <laughs> um, yeah, I tried. Makes sense for what we're getting into today. Yeah, so for today's episode, we, like we mentioned earlier, we know that it's kind of like interviewing season if you aren't in consulting business or literally anything else. Um, and then know that this is also like review season. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to talk like all things corporate, whether that's like securing your first job, negotiating your first offer, or navigating your first role. Yeah. I guess to kind of start with that, if you're a newer listener, maybe you don't have a ton of context on like where we're at or Mm -hmm. how we got here. If you have already been following along, then you know, and so we'll make (laughs) this quick anyway. But context, Victoria and I both went to Southern Methodist University in Dallas. Um, I graduated in May of 2020. Yeah, it was (laughs) tough. I got degrees in marketing and economics, and I started a full-time job in October of 2020. Um, and it's with the same company that I like interned with while I was still in college. Um, so I've been at the same place since then. So two and a half years, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I work in marketing now. So my degree pretty much directly correlates to what I do day to day. Granted, it's never like textbook. And I feel like marketing has a new definition every day. So like, I, it'll never be, you know, directly related. Um, but still like, close enough that what I did in school I think is very relevant to like what I do day to day um and then yeah I graduated in May of 2021 I majored in advertising my specialization was in strategic brand management which honestly nobody knows that is it's honestly like the creative side of marketing I feel like the tracks were so like important in yeah, there are at three tracks SMU. at SMU. So one is um, creative, which is like what you think of when you think of advertising. So people actually coming up with the concept for the ad and the story and execution of that. The other one is digital media. And so it's like paid ads, like stuff you see on the internet, SEO, all of that. And then my track, strategic brand management, is really focused on like the strategy of how you're perceived as a brand. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little mixed. In my opinion, I would tell people it was like a mix of marketing, advertising, and PR all in one. So like 
really forward looking, strategic, doing a lot of research on like where you're at, where you want to be and how you get there. And yeah, I'm not where, oh, and then I minored in sport management. And so I had a lot of different internships in school, interned with Cowboys, interned with PR agency, not doing PR, um, interned at an ad agency, not doing advertising. I feel like I was kind of all over the place, but my first job was, and still is, I'm working in PR at an agency in New York, fully remote. Um, I have a range of clients, honestly. I feel like I've hopped around so much. I started on the corporate side with like consulting firms and banks and fintech and literally everything corporate under the sun. And now I've moved to the consumer side. So like an inner, like a music streaming service. Who else do I have? tech company I'm literally trying not to say some of these because like I would literally get sued what else have I had oh I had a, a glassware or eyeglass company mm-hmm. that is now bankrupt that's so <laughs> fun sorry um but like yeah it. I've kind of dabbled in everything and that's honestly what agency life just is but yeah that's I've been here for almost two years my two years is in May technically that is how I got my job yeah well I guess too even with all your internships, was that mostly, were you like a LinkedIn girl? Oh yeah, I was, I've been on LinkedIn literally since high school. Yeah. Um, dating back to this job that my friend's dad like gave me one summer where he like worked in recruiting and I was, he literally offered me $8 an hour and I thought that was so much money, LOL. Um, and I was like helping them fill roles. So like they had a role open and I would just look for people who had those skills um, so I had a LinkedIn from like 16. So yeah. I was kind of ahead of the curve. So like, even by the time we got to like that class at SMU where you like, yeah. have to take, do your LinkedIn or whatever, literally every major had to do it. Um, I already had like 500 connections. So like I had already like checked that part off yeah. and all of my stuff was already done. But like, I was always a LinkedIn girly, literally from the time I got like my first actual internship. Like mm-hmm. that's where I found all of my stuff. I was never on Handshake. I was never... At the mm-hmm. job fairs like my resume was always done yeah um I just like knew that I needed internships to get a job and yeah. so I was just taking whatever sounded the best or like what sounded like I wanted to do in the future and then that's what I did but yeah I was LinkedIn girl I feel like I was a mix I'm trying to think because I definitely went to some of like the at SMU a lot of times we had like bigger companies that would come and like basically just host like a, a mm-hmm. meet and greet type of thing um, and I remember I made it through a couple rounds, didn't end up getting the job, but with, um, like PepsiCo, Frito-Lay. Yeah. And yeah, they were one of the people who were like on campus. So like I saw everything about them and I was like, okay, I guess I'll go, you know, put on my suit and tie, whatever, <laughs> clean up real nice. Um, which I think that's nice too, to sometimes just have like a face to a name type of thing. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm stayed scouting LinkedIn and I think that's how I found this job too. Yeah. But even now I was going to say, if you're maybe out of school and are looking like still looking for jobs, I would still recommend utilizing like whatever university you went to. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Cause like those, I know though they're sit there and they'll have posters and you hear all this stuff all throughout undergrad, but like the alumni network is really like, it's really something for you to use. Um, cause even Noah, as he was searching for jobs, he went back to SMU. Um, I was just kind of like, I don't really know where to start. And like, he was able to sit down and have like practice interviews. He had people like looking over his resumes and like, at least for us, that's a completely free uh, tool mm-hmm. um, or like free resource. And I know it can be easy to sometimes get down the rabbit hole of just like whatever you find online. But I guess back to the point even about like, you know, meeting or an email, what you prefer. Sometimes just sitting down and talking with someone is so helpful too. Um, but yeah, I was going to say just like in-person networks. I feel like I've gotten both of us pretty far too. Yeah, I was definitely going to iterate like the importance of like who you know. Honestly, 95% of the time getting a job has nothing to do with your skill set and it's exactly. literally just who you know especially if you're interested like on the flip side of that especially if you're interested in like sports entertainment music anything that's not medicine honestly I will even put business in that like anything that isn't something like where you have a, to go to professional school or like a hard skill or a hard skill if you're trying to do anything that's like not traditional it's about who you know. And like, I think that that's something that like a lot of people miss the mark on because they want like these really cool jobs and they're like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know how to do it. And it's literally like the people that you see doing it 
might have not even had a college degree. Literally. It's literally just like someone that they knew. Especially like in my industry, at least PR, it's like all relationship based. So like you only get so far based off of like who you know, the relationships you have, who they can connect you to. And like going from there and like that's what being successful in my role is and like no one ever gets that but it's literally all relationship based so like really echoing Lexi in the sense of like making sure you're going to networking events when you're in school reaching out to people on LinkedIn honestly like they don't even have to have gone to your school like I was just talking to Lexi about some like something similar like whenever I was job searching it's you could see someone that you know through somebody else that you literally have never met in your life and literally just asking that person to connect you to for like a simple informational call doesn't even have to be like a hey can you recommend me could be like an informational call just to like learn about what they do in their job if you like are interested in what they're doing their day-to-day responsibilities what they like what they don't like that way you're getting like a candid view yeah like truthfully of like what their job actually is to see if you objectively like it and then i promise you 95 percent of the time at the end of the call they're going to be like, oh, are you applying? Like, let me refer you. Mm-hmm. And then like, that's that your foot in your door. Way. Yeah, referrals yeah. go a long way. Um, and I know that this is not the first time anyone who's listening has heard this, but like still apply for stuff, even if you think you're not mm-hmm. qualified, especially if you are someone who is like regularly scouting the internet via LinkedIn or Handshake mm-hmm. or I don't know, Indeed, Glassdoor, kind of any of the sites like that. Not to be like, oh, the the job descriptions are built to like scare people away, but they have a lot of stuff on there that I feel like they're just told to put on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it can be really easy to like read through a whole list and be like, Oh, well, like, I don't think I qualify. Like you might see one bullet point. Right. And you're like, Oh, like, I don't think I qualify for this. Um, and you can just totally discount yourself that way. Um, even to Victoria's point too, like in the field that she's working in currently, like her degree isn't directly transferable Mm -hmm. if you look at it simply on paper like and if the job description was like oh has previous experience in pr i guess you did have some internships but it's like you know when they say oh preferred bachelor's degree in like x y and z area like still honestly a lot of people can talk their way through a lot of things which yeah as you in the corporate world you'll learn that people a lot of people you work with probably just talk their ways into the roles that they They currently have um but I'm like, even now, like the industry I work in, this was always a huge joke for me because I work in the, the eyewear and eye care industry. Um, and during the summer that I interned, like, you know, we had this whole big talk with like um, some of like the senior vice presidents of the marketing department and just talking about like the overall industry strategy for eye care and this, this and that. Um, and the big thing it came back to was the fact that it's not really like a consumer facing need. Like mm-hmm. when you talk to anybody, um, likely they'll remember the last time that they went to the dentist or they'll probably know like, oh yeah, I need to go to the dentist every six months. But like you ask them about their eyes and it's just not the same thing. Um, and we did like an exercise and everyone was supposed to go around and say the last time they went to eye doctor. Um, I was silent. I was the only person that like didn't wear glasses. Not that that's like a thing. <laughs> um, but I was like literally, and even to this day, since I started working there, sorry if anybody from work is listening, I still haven't seen an eye doctor <laughs> since I started working there and it's been over two years. Um, but it's one of those things like, those job descriptions probably say like preferred experience in XYZ mm-hmm. industry, but like, okay, like I just wouldn't take those things too hard, too, yeah. too much to heart. Um, and I think it's also like, you'll be surprised how transferable your skills mm-hmm. are, whether it's going from like one corporate job to another, whether it's going from like an internship to a real job or even just straight out of school. Um, Cause I remember when I was interviewing with the company I work at now, Obviously, it was a marketing internship, um, and they had literally asked me, like, just about my marketing experience. And up until that point, this was, I was going into my senior year of college, and, like, I hadn't had any internships at that point. Like, every summer, I had done stuff with school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had done stuff, like, with school that was just, like, student affairs related. Um, But I was like, oh, yeah, my friend started this organization, and, like, she offered to be, like, the marketing chair. And so, um, you know, I got to kind of come up with my own role, and I was like, hey, what is our like target demographic look like like what did our socials look like and it was something mind you had they asked to see the instagram page nothing really yeah. impressive like it, it wasn't like i had you know all these this hard uh background and like really great metrics mm-hmm. and it was like oh you know i brought this from x percent to x percent growth like i was just able to kind of talk my way through it mm-hmm. um and i remember they told me because i thought that was one of the worst interviews i'd ever had in my life um but i remember they told me they're like well you stuck out because you like were able to just 
like strongly speak about your experience, even though it wasn't really, I made up the experience. Yeah. I said, oh, I run this Instagram page. Like I didn't have real work experience. So so that to say, don't disqualify yourself before you give someone else the opportunity to, um, because yeah, you'll be surprised. Yeah, I agree. And it's also like all about confidence. I know we're mm-hmm. like not talking about the interview process, but um, if you, that walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, like <laughs> they literally, like these people do not know you. Um, obviously don't lie. Like I, I'm definitely not one of those people who advocates for lying and being like, like don't put your friend down as a reference. Like I don't believe in all of that, but like you can embellish like what you did and make yeah. it sound bigger than what it actually was. So instead of, oh, I ran this Instagram account for my university and we only had 200 followers, but whatever else, instead you phrase it as developed a brand strategy Mm -hmm. to reach a new target demographic with a new Instagram account. Sorry, this is literally like from my like own resume, Um, growing from zero followers to over 600 in less than six months. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's impressive to them. And it's like developing a brand voice and it's really just using like the key plug words. And I think that that's something that you learn how to do when you move into the corporate world is like using jargony buzzwords to make it sound like you actually know what you're talking about. But in reality, everyone's just making stuff up 90% of the time. We joke about this at work all the time because we have like a keyword is that what it's called? Or like a, a, a chest of like random words that mm-hmm. we'll always pull out like anytime we do presentations. Like we'll always say a line. We'll mm-hmm. always say like um, maximizes and like exceed. Like there's just certain words that you'll hear yourself using over and over yeah. again. Um, and it's funny because it's like sometimes I bring that language home with me. Like when I'm just casually talking to Noah. Like, oh yeah, well we, we can align on that later. But like I would never use the word align yeah. in my casual conversation. Um, but once you find those words for yourself, like write them out because they'll still get excited about them every time I feel like yeah but moving on from there let's say you get through the interview process and you have hopefully like multiple job offers I think that it's important to like figure out what you want in your first role um when you're deciding like what you want to do especially if it's like post-grad um it might seem like it's not that important, but like it really is just because you're going to be going through a lot of change post-grad. And if you really don't know like what you're valuing when it comes to your job, it can really influence like that transition for you Mm post-grad. And obviously like I will say, I was not thinking about that whenever I chose my job. Granted, my job's work-life balance is great. Now that I'm getting older, like I'm recognizing what values like I'm looking for or not values, but what I'm looking for in a position in a role. And I think that it's shifted in the past couple of years. So if you would have asked me after graduation, I know for a fact, this is what I was thinking. I was happy that I was getting my first real paycheck. Mm-hmm. I was happy that I could take off whenever I wanted to and have yep. PTO. I was excited that, oh, I get to travel every now and then. Yeah. Um, and I liked the fact that I worked on different accounts, maybe like maybe that was like my four things. But the like what I wasn't recognizing was like, okay, I have a great work life balance, but at some point I'm going to be upset over like my salary and I'm going to want to make more money. And it's something that you like kind of give and take when it comes to like a position of like what is more important to you. So like whenever I was graduating as we saw in the past year, like I traveled a shit ton and like, that's because I work at a job with unlimited PTO that really values like you taking the time to like take a break and reset and love your job and what you do. Mm-hmm. And I like really appreciate that. And we have mental health days and like whatever else. Um, so like that was something that aligned with like my values at the time. Someone might like want to travel a whole bunch, but they don't recognize like, what work travel actually looks like. So yeah. you might be like, oh, I like to travel a lot. You get a job in consulting, but you're not realizing that you're gone literally every single week, Monday through Thursday. And it's to it's places like, that you're not interested in. It's not. And it's, you're there to work. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's not New York every single week. Sometimes it's like Cleveland, Ohio, and you're like in yeah. the middle of nowhere and you're working, like Lexi said, long hours. You're in a hotel room, like not in the comfort of your own. They make it seem like really glamorous, but at the same time, like you have to realize that like with every upside, there's also a downside. So really like taking the time to figure out like, what do you want in your first role or what do you want in any role at the time? Yeah. 
it's something that like even to this day whenever I'm going back and forth about like what a next step is for a career if like I want to stay or if I want to go somewhere else it comes down to like Victoria like what do you actually want and prioritize at this moment is it money is it work-life balance is it working from home is it having the ability to like go into the office when you want to is it collaboration like it's stuff that you really have to think about and like I said I wasn't thinking about it whenever I made my decision I think I got really lucky because I got a company that valued all the same things that I did um but I can say like it's not the same for everybody and like it doesn't work out that way for everyone so if you do it sooner rather than later you'll really thank yourself yeah and I think too um we are in we as like society are in a very good position now to ask these types of questions Mm -hmm. being that like we have gone through so much in the past couple years like say probably five years ago in like an interview process no one was asking about like flexible work schedules Mm -hmm. you know like that just wasn't really a thing for a lot of companies but now it's like okay we've been through COVID we've seen well not through COVID but you know we've yeah are going through um and so like companies have had to adjust, I think, for needs than wants that they had never thought or expected to in the past. Um, even with all of like the, you know, social justice movements and like things that we've seen at everything is so spoken about now, mm-hmm. I guess, if that makes sense, that it's like it isn't uncommon and it would like never be out of place for you to ask questions about their values or like, hey, how did the company respond to like this situation that maybe something that happened in society that really upset you personally. I mean, I feel like we go through so many upsetting things nowadays, but I'm sure there are a couple that might've affected you more than others. Um, personally, emotionally, mentally, whatever. Um, I think it's also like, I really pushed aside the fact that I was like, I don't care what I'm doing at work is what I told myself at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was like, as long kind of to Victoria's point, I'm like, as long as I'm getting paid well, like I had had the, the, um, privilege of like being able to interview I mean not interview um intern with this company for like 10 weeks straight so I'm like oh I went into the office every day like I and the way our internship was um set up it was like each of us got like an independent project to work on um and so as interns like we were all working independently but like we still were able to see what all the employees were doing every day you know so like I feel like I had a very realistic view of what work would look like um in terms of day-to-day like how the people are you know, are they just like bullshitting and saying like, oh, these are our culture, like these are our values and this is our culture just to get people in the door. But like, I was able to see that be like lived out every day um, that I was like, oh, I don't really care if my job is fun. Like, I just want to get through it. Um, and I think now even a couple years into this role, I still don't really know what I want out of a job. Like I've been asked that question by my managers multiple times of like, well, what do you like? What do you don't like? Um And I don't know, I feel like I still don't really have an answer Mm -hmm. to that question. And I think, I I don't know, at least that that was okay for me. Like, just getting out of school, I'm like, there's so much I I haven't tried and so much I don't know Mm -hmm. even exists as a job. You know what I mean? To be so dead set on, like, I want my first role to be, like, in this space, in this industry. But I also didn't have any career goals at that point. So I'm like, if you really know where you want to end up, then sure. But I wouldn't be so scared of maybe not knowing exactly what you want to do. Granted, I think that that's a separate conversation from like values and salary and, you know, work-life balance and like things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But in terms of like what your day-to-day roles and responsibilities look like, you might not know what you want until you've actually like been in the workforce for a little bit too. Yeah. Which I think is okay. Yeah. And then um, let's say you like finally are like going through your offers and you're like, again, still trying to decide. Um, like another important thing is like the negotiation process. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, honestly, one of the biggest advocates for the negotiation process. I feel like if you're not negotiating, you're losing out on so much, Yeah. mostly because every single job is expecting you to negotiate. So whenever you don't, not that they take advantage of you, but like they do like, because no matter what budget they give you or like what they say, the salary cap is like, they have still have an idea of like this person's going to come back once we give them a number and like they might lowball you on purpose because like they're expecting you to like come back but if you don't then like that's on you and like something that's really important about that is like you have to remember your negotiation or your offer is like literally your starting point that is where you start like it's it's not there's no going back and a lot of the times when it comes to bonuses or um 
performance, what's it called? When you, when you get a promotion, oh, yeah. when you get a promotion or something, like it's usually percentage based. So like I will go ahead and say like, you just need to start as high as you can. Yeah. And like the tip that I got is to literally say the number, the highest number that you can say out loud without like literally laughing. Um, granted, I don't know what everyone else's like range yeah. is, but if you're like in an entry level, like if you're interviewing for an entry level role, you see what the salary is and you see like what your skill set is. Mm-hmm. Granted, I wouldn't be like, oh, aim for 35K over what they're giving you. Yeah. But like you should at least be asking for minimum 10K more. Like, yeah. because when you really break the math down, that is not it is the money that you think not it is. that much money, guys. Like, and so um, I'm always an advocate for like, obviously look at like the glass door reviews and like see what the range is for someone in that salary in that position where you live and like use that as your evidence but you need to be negotiating i say that from the bottom of my heart yeah probably one of my bigger mistakes with work is just being like okay great thanks like can't wait to start and like not even trying to have a conversation or understand it also too, just like ask questions because i remember getting my offer letter and it told me like my base salary it told me you know oh you get benefits and you get like a limited pto um and you know i think it had some stuff in there about like 401k but at that point i'm like i don't i don't know i can i can barely speak to it now a couple years later yeah but like ask questions about what that actually looks like because i think a lot of times they'll just have like an etc um but to like the point i made earlier about you know my job has like employee stockholder options so like i receive like passive income through that like i don't know just like ask questions get an understanding of like what you're actually getting and like what that actually looks like because you might just be blinded by the congratulations. Yeah. And like, I honestly unintentionally negotiated whenever I was interviewing. I was actually interviewing with like two companies at the same time. It was a bigger PR firm and then like where I work now. And obviously I knew the bigger name. So I was trying to go for that position and I had really good conversations and interviews with them. Like they just put me through so many rounds of interviews. Like I think I went through three rounds of interviews with three interviews per round. Like it was so many Yeah, and I was still in school. Um, and at my current position, like they had already offered me the job, but I was like in the last round of interviews Yeah, and I was like trying to hold out without telling them like, Oh, I'm interviewing for something else because I didn't want to lose it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, Oh, I just need a couple more days. And like literally by me saying like, I just need a couple more days. Like I just need a couple more days. They were like, okay, like we'll, increase your salary like we'll do this like we'll put you on these accounts and then I remember it had been like four or five days that I had pushed it off and then like granted I was working with a recruiter I will preface and say that I think that that was also helping me but my recruiter like literally got her boss on the phone and like then he called me and he was like they really want you like what do we have to do to get you to like sign the letter And I was like, I'm going to be fully transparent with you guys because I've been like dragging this out so long. Like I am interviewing with another company and I'm waiting for them to get back to me. Like I, that's my answer. Like I'm not like just dragging you guys along. And he was like, no, I get it. Like they're a big name. Like, but I promise you're going to get more experience here. You're going to get to like, like really hone in on your skills, like X, Y, and Z. And he's like, let me, let me like make a call and like get back to you. He calls me back. They offer me like a sign on bonus. Then they offer me like to work on like these specific accounts that I wanted. Like I wanted to work in sports. They like offered me one of those accounts. And I was like, they are really like moving mountains. Yeah. For me to like take this role. And like, that is what stood out to me. Granted, I also did not get the job in the (laughs) other place. That's a whole different story though, because they should have told me from the beginning that they were interviewing with somebody internally. Um, and that's what ended up happening. The boy had interned with them. And I was like, if you would have told me that I would have taken myself out. Yeah. But they were like, Oh no, they really loved you. But like, they went with someone who was an intern. I was like, if you had told me that I wouldn't have granted, I think everything works out for a reason because I wouldn't have gotten what I got from my current job. But like, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they really want you bad enough, like they will work for it. And if not, the worst thing that could happen is that you just take what they gave you. Yeah. It's like, I'm telling you the interviewing process and trying to fill up, trying to fill a position is so time consuming and it costs them so much money. Mm-hmm. Like they would rather you, they're, they're going to find any way for you to say yes. Yeah. Once they've, you, they've gotten to the point where they've given you an offer, like they want you enough. Yeah. So like, that's when you can really, you have the leverage and you have the power so use it because otherwise like the worst thing that could happen is that you just go back to what they originally gave you and they say yeah. no it's nothing bad 
Um, anyways, moving on to the next one, I think we'll go through this like pretty fast, but we also want to talk about, um, the concept of like your first six months, like what we think is important during your first six months and then kind of wrap it up from there. Yeah. I think a big learning curve for me was just like understanding like what it meant to be an employee essentially because that's what I struggled with most. And, you know, I've talked about this in earlier episodes too. It's when I started therapy. Um, but it was literally like, I just could not understand what it meant to be an employee versus like what it had meant. To, here's what I'll say. I didn't understand what it meant to be a successful employee compared to what it meant to be like a successful student. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like literally my whole life I had these habits and I knew how to interact with professors and like I knew how to interact with my classmates and whatever to get me where I wanted to be. Um, and so a big learning curve for that was like understanding how to work with my manager, which I understand like every manager has their own style. And like, I think I was almost expecting to be micromanaged just because mm-hmm. I didn't have any other form of anything. Like I missed having a rubric. I missed someone saying like, yeah. this is your assignment. And like, this is how you, not only is this how you do it, but like, this is how you do it well. And then mm-hmm. you move on. But like, it's just not like that. I think also learning to understand that like, every day is so different. I remember I would wake up and I would be like, okay, this is what my day is going to look like. And it would look absolutely nothing like that. Um, just because, you know, meetings pop up and you get different directions from leadership and something happens in the industry that you need to respond to, like Mm -hmm. new opportunities come up. Um, it's like, sure, you kind of have an outline, but like literally there was not really any way to fully prepare because just so much was out of my control. Yeah. Um, so again, that kind of goes back to like mentally me accepting like how to be okay with not knowing how I was going to conquer the day. Um, and yeah, like I said, a lot of that came back to with like learning how to work with my manager, which I've had three ish at this point. I say ish because one of them was like an intern interim manager mm-hmm. for me for like three months while some other like organizational things were getting figured out. Um, but I had to learn that I had to make it clear that like, I very much, I'm someone who, not that needs or wants to be micromanaged, but again, like I want constructive feedback, mm-hmm. like whenever they're able to get it, I don't want to be surprised thinking like, oh, I did great. And then my another re- <laughs> review comes and it's like, mm, she could use a lot of work on like this, mm-hmm. this and this. Um, I've also like learned to be very open with my managers about kind of like what I wasn't really vibing with in my role and kind of like what I wanted to see more of. Um, I mentioned earlier that I have an economics degree, which does that mean a lot now? Probably not. I probably couldn't pass an intro to econ test right now. <laughs> um, but what I was really drawn to about economics was just like the the thought process behind it. A lot of economics is really just like the science of decision making. So, you know, how will someone respond when you change one variable like a lot or even by a little? Um, and I mean, that works very well with marketing too, right? Kind of like consumer behavior and how to get people to buy your products or do your programs or whatever. Um, and I told my manager, I'm like, I, what I feel like there was one point in my career where I was like, I feel like I'm just checking the boxes on like my daily to-do list every day. And like, that's fine, but I want to think more at work. Like I want to be on like X types of projects. I want to work with like a certain team more often. Um, I want to be able to like look at more data and kind of have there be more of like a strategy behind what I'm doing versus just, oh, this is your job. So like just being open about kind of what's working for me, what's not working, like what I'm expecting out of my manager um, has been helpful too. And I think like, I'm just a lot more confident at work knowing that I'm at least solidified like that relationship in that place. I agree. I think like managers are super important. I know for me, like similarly, like I kind of popped around too. My first manager though was like absolutely great. Like I think she really understood the fact that, like, I have never had a career before. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm supposed to be asking. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, she was really good at explaining things. And she really taught me the importance of advocating for myself. Um, that I think that not a lot of people explain very well when it mm-hmm. comes to your first role. I think a lot of the times we come into, like, lower level positions and junior level positions. Like, you know what you hear, like, people, like, complaining about our generation of like not being grateful and like mm-hmm. always complaining about stuff and like when I was in when I was your age like we just sucked it up and did it and like yeah, whatever yeah, else yeah. and so I was actually like really surprised whenever my manager like did call me out for not 
speaking up about things that I didn't like or things that I was confused about or things that like upset me or that I just didn't want to do in my position. Mm -hmm. And she really taught me the importance of like, at the end of the day, like this is your career. Yeah. And like, you're only going to get as far as like you let yourself. And so she's like, well, I can't, you know, assign you the stuff that you want to do if you like, don't tell me. And I can't, you know, to the most of my, like to the best of my extent, like the best as possible, like give you stuff that you like don't want yeah. to do. She's like, obviously there are going to be days where it's like, I just need you to do it because like mm-hmm. you're the only person who could do it. But she's like, if I know you don't like doing X, Y, Z, like we have people on the team for a reason and we yeah. can spread out those assignments and those responsibilities. Um, but she was really instrumental in like me finding my voice when it came to my first role yeah. and speaking up for things that I didn't like. And she's also the reason why I was like in HR all the time um again similar to Lexi like do you want to note that like not every company is like our companies yeah and some companies are very much so like this is the role take it or leave it like go Mm -hmm. find another job um we've been lucky enough to have companies that have kind of adapted over time with the way that the worker employee relationship has evolved since Mm -hmm. COVID um and I'm very grateful for that I like I talk about it literally all the time about my job. The fact that they like truly care about us loving what we do yeah, as much as they can, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, it's a job, but like more than like the average company. Um, and so making sure that you really like learn how to speak up for yourself is very vital. I would say like, especially in your first three to six months, because people always I think there's a saying that goes around. It's like your first three to six months are like the hardest, no matter what job. It could be your Mm -hmm. first job. It could be your last job. Like it's still really hard. You're learning a totally different company, different like ways that they do things, different processes, different systems. It's going to be hard, like no matter what role you go into, but especially like your very first one, it's like you're being thrown in the deep end and you kind of just like learn how to swim after those couple of months And I remember that used to piss me off so bad when people would say, like, after your first three months, six months, year, it'll be fine. But, like, genuinely, like, that's how it is. I could not give you any other advice. Yeah. No, I think for me, it literally was a year. Yeah. Like, it wasn't until I got to the point. Because some things with my jobs, too, are are cyclical. Um, Like, there are certain points of the year where we're doing certain things, right? Whether it's relating to budget or relating to, like, certain events or you know, we're like pretty promotion heavy. So like putting together promotions, like usually followed a a timeline every year. Um, and so for me, it wasn't until like I went through an entire year once, like I tried everything once and then going into the next year, I was like, okay, this is what happened last year. Like I know what worked. I know it didn't work. I know like what I can do now to improve it. And I'm not just like learning everything for the first time. Um, and like that year will really suck and it will feel long. It literally felt so long. Um, and like, yeah, to Victoria's point, it's probably doesn't sound any better coming from us than it does anybody else. But like, if you are wanting to hear from people who are like really going through it somewhat recently, um, yeah, it does take a minute for me. It was a lot longer than three months. Yeah. I think for me, it was like about a year and it's really funny because I remember I went to my company like holiday party over the summer and that's where I met, um, two girls who had just started as coordinators and they were asking me so many questions because I had just gotten a promotion to an AAE, which is like the level above. And I remember like telling them everything. I was like, I wish I had someone who was just like, mm-hmm. look, this is how it is. Like, this is how you deal with this. Like, don't sit, like, don't work like past this time. Like, this is how you set boundaries. This is yeah. how you say no respectfully. This is how you say, I don't have the bandwidth to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And, like, it's funny because, like, one of the girls who's, like, technically now one of my friends is also, like, at the same time, kind of someone that I mentor because, Mm -hmm. like, she'll ask me stuff and she's, like, well, like, or I'll see that she's, like, online really late and I'm, like, literally log off. Like, it's eight. Like, nothing is ever that serious. And she's, like, I know, but, like, the client's on PT and, like, whatever else. And it's, like, no, like, it's not that serious. I was, like, if they really wanted it, they would have said something earlier today, like, log off. It's like a Friday six, yeah. like Eastern. I'm like literally like log off and like go do something else. Um, and so it's funny now that like I'm in the position to give people advice mm-hmm. because I remember at one time like I was just so scared and so nervous that I was doing everything wrong. Yeah. And Same. like I thought that like one small mistake was going to like get me fired. 
now I'm a little too comfortable. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, like I can do my job very well. And I know that like I meet the criteria and I'm meeting the expectations of like what I need to get done. And at the end of the day, that's like genuinely all that matters. It's like, yeah. if you can do your job well and you don't suck as a human being, like you're typically fine. Yeah. Um, and so I think I would get so in my head because also we grow up like in school getting in trouble for really stupid stuff. And I think that, mm-hmm. that just carries over when you're an adult. And you think that like Lexi said, someone's always micromanaging you. And again, some jobs are like that and they do micromanage you. I don't have that experience. So I'm not speaking from there, but like 99% of the time people will give you a task, expect for you to get it done. However you need to get it done. And that's it. Yeah. And it's like, either you did it or you didn't. And you either did it right or you didn't. And, like, it's all very objective for the most part. So, like, I think there's no point in getting in your head. And even if you do make a mistake when you're, like, starting out, it's quite normal. People are expecting you to make the mistake. And a lot of the times you can't, like, learn until you make the mistakes when it comes to, like, starting a new job. And it's, like, someone couldn't have taught you that because you wouldn't have known it until you made the mistake. I was thinking about that too. Cause I'm like, literally I was thinking as you were speaking, I was like, Oh, I wonder if someone was starting like below me, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I was wondering what it would look like or what a conversation would look like. If I was like, Hey, you're now taking over these responsibilities from me. There are so many things now that I've just done so regularly that I don't think about it. That even if someone asked me literally like, can you write out step-by-step step what you would have to do? I know I would leave some stuff out there because it's yeah. just like not top of mind. Um, and that person probably wouldn't know like they wouldn't know until they made the mistake, so to speak. Um, because I'm like, you know, like my managers and people above me, other people mm-hmm. I'm working with, like also have so much other stuff going on too, that like sometimes they literally just don't know that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's not that there's an expectation. It's just like, you can't get inside someone else's head. Yeah. You know? And I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself if you try to do that and try to like decode everything. I remember I would decode like every message and mm-hmm. especially like when you're working remote and I'm like, I don't know if these people like, just speak like this over email yeah, you know because i'm such a i'm yet. such an exclamation point like mm-hmm. thanks blah 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 type of girl some people are not and that is not an issue but i'm like is it personal or like do they just type like this all yeah. the time or like whatever um you know when they give me this feedback like are they speaking like this am i reading their text message or not text message am i reading their email in this tone because like that's what i'm assuming it is but mm-hmm. like i don't know this person so i don't know there's a lot that goes into it and it's like you literally unfortunately can only not can only but a huge part of learning is learning like through what not to do um but you just like can't yeah you can't like get in your head about it yeah there's no point it's It's definitely move on yeah it's important to realize that it's like literally not personal and like at the end of the day it's genuinely just a job i think that that was like something that like it took me and lexi a long time to figure out and it took literally weeks and weeks and dollars and dollars of therapy therapy, um for me to like finally come to the conclusion of like setting those boundaries and realizing that at the end of the day one of our favorite phrases in pr is it's pr not er and it's literally not that serious unless you work in like not to get off unless you work in like crisis and like something's actually happening but 99% of the time it's like not super serious and so taking that mindset of like you're going to make mistakes. It's normal. You're a human being. Um, and like recognizing that it's a job. Um, those are game changers when you're starting. And I think it's like so important to like take that day by literally into your day to day because it, I didn't. And I like was just so anxious about every single thing that I would do at work that it drove me crazy. I think, yeah, I think the last thing I'll add to like kind of like round up that thought too is to go along with like oh it's just a job I think you also have to remind yourself like I'm just an employee mm-hmm. and like that is not who you are like that is a that is separate from like your identity because mm-hmm. I think it's so easy especially like when you're in school to get caught up in like oh I'm a student I'm studying this I go to this like it's always about you know people are asking you about yourself or introducing yourself it's always about like okay this is my name and like this is what I do mm-hmm. and like it's, it's so normalized in society to like talk about ourselves that way but it's like you are more than that job like Yes, you are an employee, nine to five, nine to six, eight to six, depending on your hours. And it's like, I am not here to, uh, like, describe the fact that that is majority of your week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that's unfortunate. I hate the fact that there's 40-hour work week, five-day work week, whatever the case may be. Um, but it's also important to, like, invest in yourself and remind yourself that you're more than just a person who is in this role at this company, mm-hmm. too. Because I think when all of that kind of starts becoming one, 
that's when it also gets very hard to kind of separate yourself from your job and the importance on like, oh, this is my job. I have to do this. Like people are expecting this of me, like whatever, rather than thinking of like your employment status as a subset of like who you are at your core as a person too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, that's something that I feel like I still need to practice because when it's still like, oh, tell me about yourself, I'll still think to just go to what I do for work Mm -hmm. automatically. Um, so yeah, that's something that even a few years in is, is something I still struggle with. But when I remind myself that like, that is literally such a small part about who I am, um, then that makes me feel better too. Yeah, I agree with that. That's like a whole different episode too, of just like finding your identity outside of work, but highly agree. But I think that's everything. If you made it this far, um, make sure you go follow us on Instagram. Also like and rate the podcast. Five stars wherever you listen. Our Instagram is at the entry level pod with two E's. And I think that's it. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.